welcome back to D-Cup, the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Sabrina. Each week we rewatch a DCOM, we talk about it a little bit, we make some jokes, we say what we like, what we don't like, in an attempt to create the ultimate DCOM ranking. And this week, we're watching the 2005 figure skating romp, Go Figure. Megan, hit us with that summary. When figure skating prodigy Caitlin Kingsford is forced to take a hockey scholarship in order to train with a famous coach, she learns that perhaps there's more to life than figure skating. Wow. An inspiration. Truly. Let's let's hop on in. Sabrina, what did you remember about this movie from childhood before you watched it? Very little. I remember, <laughs> I, which is a common theme. I remember that it was like a figure skater for some reason needed to play hockey. Mm-hmm. Couldn't remember any of the plot. And then I specifically remember the Russian figure skating coach and more <laughs> yeah. specifically like the actress's face. I don't Ew. know where I've seen her from. I have no clue like where she is like burned into my brain from, but I've seen her somewhere and I still can't figure it out. Maybe she's like your real mom. Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> like you remember her face, like in Meet the Robinsons when he like remembers the mother's face in the subconscious. That would be, oh, I'm going <laughs> to say this now. <laughs> I am currently dog sitting and... Dixie is having a great time barking out the window. So you may hear some dog barks in the background. Just, she's just just our guest today. Yeah, that's just our special guest. Yeah, Dixie. She really loves hockey. Yeah, love this movie. My my memory of this was only Christy Yamaguchi. That's it. Honestly, (laughs) shocking. (laughs) The biggest shock of this whole movie. And this movie is the only reason I know about Christian (laughs) Kuchin. Like it taught it taught me who she was. And now that is like my frame of reference for all of figure skating, aside from Tanya Harding. Which they also reference in this movie. And um Nancy Kerrigan, right. yeah. Which I'm, I'm sad that they referenced only Tanya and not Nancy, who is like the whole the victim in that situation. Yeah, no, they made some. I'll, I'll get on this later, but they made some interesting references throughout this movie. Yeah, that I was just a little concerned about. That one at least was relevant. Oh, but also in my brain, this movie is a lot newer than it actually is. Like, when I saw that it was 2005, that didn't add up to me. Because I feel like I was a lot older when it came out. Because I remember all of the lead up for it. Pretty vividly. But, like, last week we watched Full Court Miracle. That came out in 2003. And this came out in 2005. These movies are only two years apart. And that seems wrong. I I feel like they are worlds apart. Worlds. Decades. Yeah. Like, I would have thought 2009. You know, I don't know. I well, I don't have like the same memory as you do, like of how vivid it was. Like, yeah, because we're like different humans with different life experience. Yeah, right. So um, (laughs) thank you for explaining that to me. But (laughs) I didn't know that. But I think like watching this movie, it feels to me very 2005. Yeah, incredibly 2005. But I couldn't remember, like, when it came out. I just knew it was, like, sometime in the early 2000s. Yeah. 
So this movie has an audience score of 56%. Thoughts on that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Those are the thoughts. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) The movie was written by Patrick J. Clifton and Beth Ragazio. And if those names sound familiar, it is because they are the same people who wrote Read It and Weep. That, hold on. That makes a lot of sense to me. (laughs) And I, (laughs) hold on. When did Read It and Weep come out? 2000. year? I don't know. Six? Wait, let me go back in my notebook a little bit. 2006, yeah. The year after this. Okay. Okay, that also kind of tracks for me in my head. That makes that yeah. makes sense. The movie was directed by Francine McDougal, which I could be wrong, but I think that is the first female director we've had. I could not tell you my memory is garbage. <laughs> I think that's correct. But maybe. I, you know what? I'm going to say it. And if that, it's wrong, that would be cool. um, cancel me. Francine <laughs> McDougal also directed the hit decom Cowbells. I am so excited to watch Cowbells. <laughs> I am too. I cannot wait. <laughs> I am so excited. I had Cowbells on DVD. A true fan. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so let's hop in. Sabrina, I would love to know what you loved about this movie. Okay, well, I first have a question for you because I am very like on the okay. fence. Is Caitlin the lead? Um, of this movie is Caitlin pretentious or is she just confident because I feel like it rides a line a lot of the time and I'm like "Mm, I don't know if this is like a good or a bad thing (laughs) I feel like in points it's like very pretentious but then there are points where it kind of just like wavers and I can't tell I think that when it comes to her skating she is confident because she knows she's the best And she is. She can back it up. Yeah. So when that is, I feel like it's a confidence. But when she's living her regular daily life, I think she's very pretentious. Okay. Okay. Because I was like, am I the only one who like can't tell? Like, it just feels like it's riding this very thin line for me. And there were moments where I was like, I can't tell if I like her in this moment because I don't know if it's just confidence or pretentiousness. I also want to bring up this one point and it's kind of a big point but it's when she's making her big decision on whether she goes to the hockey game or goes to the figure skating competition they're on the same day if if you didn't rewatch the movie like the national hockey game is on the same day as the yeah national figure skating competition which could lead her into getting into the olympics right and someone tells Caitlin, I can't remember who, that her decision between playing the hockey game and going to the ice skating competition will define her for the rest of her life. And that to me, I was like, I get it in some aspects. Like, I mean, if you make it to the Olympics, like that's a really big thing. But also this girl is 14 and has a long life ahead of her. (laughs) I think it was the coach. And I feel like this is one of the most extreme points of view that I've seen in a decom so far where I was like, oh, this is intense. Like they're really throwing this at her. There's a moment where like Caitlin calls her mom to ask for advice 
And her mom doesn't want to tell her what to do. So she's like, you have to look inside you. And she was like, well, what, what would make you pick? Like, what are the reasonings that you would choose? And she was like, whatever you think is going to make you a better woman. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> a better woman? Isn't it like whatever will make you happy? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. It just felt like so extreme to me also okay while we're on this we're skipping to the end (laughs) i was baffled that this was a choice that she struggled over because i understand this is actually this is a negative we're gonna go a little out of order but like while we're on the topic i understand That like the whole point of this movie is that she has discovered teamwork and friendship. And she's like, I don't want to let my team down at the at the big game because suddenly she has become like their star player. Okay, fine. Suspension of disbelief. Sure. (laughs) Sure. This little freshman who's never played hockey before is the best player on the team now. Fine, I'll accept this one. Because she knows geometry. Yeah, which she was flunking originally, but it's whatever. Substantial to disbelief, I'll believe it. (laughs) It's the Olympics. Like, I literally was like, girl, it is the Olympics. And you aren't gonna go to the qualifying rounds? Like, what the hell are you doing? I like they should have made it like in high school musical when the decathlon and the big game and the callbacks are all on the same day. And like they all work together to figure out a way so that they can go to both. That's what this should have been. Yeah. Yeah. These were not on even playing fields. And the the fact that she was like, I'm just not going to go to the Olympics. I was like, are you kidding yeah, and that was the whole thing. Like, I was like, I get it. It's supposed to be her character development of like, I gotta stay for my team. But her team but didn't want her it's there. It's the Olympics. <laughs> team, everyone on the team, which at that point, the only people who know that she's a twirl girl is Hollywood, the coach, <laughs> and the boy, Spencer, who is the assistant coach, I guess. Three people. I don't know. All of them are pissed that she's there and that she's giving up the Olympics. Yeah. Also, her family's not at the game. So she didn't tell her family what she was doing. No, they're at, they are at the ice skating competition. Her family was sitting there waiting for her to perform and she was not there. (laughs) We're like, is our daughter going to show up or not? You mean you didn't drive her there? She's 14. Yeah. <laughs> Who's taking her to this competition? I just How did she get there? There's no Uber in 2005. <laughs> I genuinely did not understand. But also this child got herself a bus ticket back to wherever the heck she's from. So I guess it's fine. I don't she know. She also bought herself like a $60 like figure stating costume from her own mother. That she probably could have just asked. Yeah, like, how did she pay online? Right. I was like, who gave her, like, a credit card to buy something online? Like, or who gave her any permission to do that? She's 14. Like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're already in negatives. So- uh, <laughs> let's circle back to the positives here. Okay. You know what? This is a good transition from negatives to positives. This movie is awful. But... <laughs> but (laughs) but (laughs) pull yourself together 
keep going. I'll get there. Because <laughs> I agree, but also keep going. Um. <laughs> this movie is not good, but I love it with everything in me. I love this movie. I think that it is 100% a guilty pleasure of a movie, and it has very much a Christmas Prince energy. I think we, we talked about how much we both love like the Netflix Christmas movie cinematic universe yes. because they're all like awful movies and they're so bad that they're good. This movie is that for me. It is a guilty pleasure. I will watch this again because I recognize that it's not good, but it makes me laugh. I feel the opposite. <laughs> wow. Uh, That's sad. I'm sad that you don't have joy in your life. Well, this movie didn't give me any. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, okay. That was harsh, but <laughs> this is just something, not my movie. <laughs> something I liked. You know what? It could also be, I told you last week, there is just something about an inspirational sports film. <laughs> yeah. I would not categorize this movie as that, but <laughs> something I really actually genuinely liked that I thought was done well and not in a like ironic way. I I liked the portrayal of the female friendships. Mm-hmm. And I liked the juxtaposition of the girls in the figure skating world versus the girls in the hockey world. And not because like, I know that like, you know, that's probably a stereotype that some of the like figure skating girls are catty, but I felt like it was real because there are some girls that are really catty and cause problems on purpose and just like seek to destroy you. However, not all girls are like that. And if you can find the right friends for you, then that's a great journey. And I liked the portrayal of these female friendships. I thought they were very strong and I thought they were great examples of how to have healthy friendships. Even like you can rib on each other and whatnot, but at the end of the day, you got each other's back. And I liked that a lot. I liked that ex- especially in her roommate in Hollywood, who is also a hockey player. I and loved Hollywood. Yeah, she was great. I loved her as a character. I loved the actor who played her. And I think it was one of those things that when she finds out that Caitlin is what they call a twirl girl, she, you know, she was surprised, but then she was also like, I knew it. And it was like this kind of like release moment. It wasn't as like, I thought it was going to be something where she, it was going to be catty and, you know, she was going to not be friends with her or something like that. But it wasn't. She was just like, I was suspicious of this and like now I know and like this is great like this is hilarious like she thought it was funny but their friendship still continued like that didn't cause a break in their friendship at all like and I I'm glad they went with that because I think they could have easily gone down the other route and they already had so many kind of like bully characters for Caitlyn that I'm really happy they didn't make Hollywood like that as well. But yeah. I think her and Hollywood's friendship throughout it all like really made my heart so happy. Yeah. I didn't remember Hollywood's character. I remembered Mojo and I remembered Ronnie. But I didn't remember there was like a third main hockey girl. 
And yeah. I'm disappointed in myself because I don't think Hollywood stands out as much if you were a kid because she doesn't have like a strong character like Mojo or Ronnie. But I Hollywood was probably my favorite character in the movie. I agree. I, I loved her. Also, this is something I was very glad that they didn't do that I was afraid they would do. Speaking on like these female friendships. I was very happy that there was never any sort of makeover scene. In that, like, Caitlyn was very much, like, the classic girly girl. Like, she put makeup on to go to her hockey game and was wearing glitter and all that. And a lot of the other hockey girls were a lot more tomboyish, just, like, had very, like, rough and tumble vibes to them. Specifically Ronnie. Like, I think Ronnie Mm -hmm. was the most, like, masculine out of the girls, And I'm really glad that we didn't have this scene where, like, Caitlyn was like, oh, you should, like, put on some lip gloss or, like, let me make you look like this. And I I was worried that was going to happen. I couldn't remember if that happened. But I liked that they were like, no, Ronnie is great the way that she is. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I also thought that was going to be a thing at one point. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, no, is she going to try to, like, make the hockey team, like, girly? And and it's like, that's... That's not who they are. It's just... Yeah, and it's just, like, not necessary. And I'm really glad that that didn't end up happening. I also like that they didn't make all of the hockey girls like Ronnie. Like, Hollywood was kind of like a mix between, like, kind of girly, kind of tomboy. Like, she wore makeup and she was a little more feminine. And, like, I enjoyed that mix of it. Yeah. And, like, the closest thing they did, they got to, like, the makeover is where Caitlin was, like, telling them what colors are their power colors and, like, giving them colors yeah. to wear. But, like, that was more cute. That wasn't, like, fix yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. I Two other characters I really liked, and I think they were pretty well written, were the mom and the little brother. Yeah. I liked them a lot. Yeah. There were, okay... Just if you haven't watched the movie, there are a lot of characters in this movie. And yeah. <laughs> it is very much an ensemble movie. <laughs> so I think out of all of them, I think my three favorite were Hollywood, the little brother and the mom. I think they were the most realistic to me. I think mm-hmm. their acting was a lot more grounded than yeah. the lot of them. And I think overall, their writing was just more realistic than most of the other characters and yeah i think the little brother and the mom they had really good moments in this movie and i wanted more of them i did too and specifically the scene between the mom and the brother when about why the brother quit hockey so yeah he quit hockey because caitlin started doing hockey and it's the thing of like the sibling rivalry kind of thing where he wants to have his own thing. And Caitlin tends to get more of the attention and, you know, she's the figure skating prodigy, you know, and now she's doing hockey, what he loves to do. And there's this moment where he's kind of fighting with his mom about it. And it's something that felt so, like, close to home for me. Yeah. Because... Like, for example, in my life, like, my sister did acting, and I saw her acting, and I ended up doing the same thing. I went into high school and started acting. And for her, you know, 
she may have felt that way where it was like that's my thing like why is my little sister doing it but like to me it was like I was looking up to her and I was like inspired by her to start doing that and so in a way they also talk about this in the movie the mom is like Caitlin's been trying to call you and thank you for helping her and it was just like a really real like sibling moment and like family moment that really connected with me yeah I loved that I and you said like grounded characters I would like to add a character that I thought was very believable. I don't know if I'd use grounded, but very believable. I thought that the hockey coach was very believable. Yeah, I think I think there were certain lines that maybe took me out of it. But overall, I think he like I, I, I agree. I've, I never doubted that this I I never doubted that this man was a hockey coach, like was not a hockey right. coach. Um, He was, I just thought that he fully encapsulated coach energy. And then I loved Bob and Ginger. (laughs) They were a bright star in this movie. (laughs) They were so funny. Bob and Ginger are, before Caitlin goes to the boarding school and gets the Russian coach, Bob and Ginger are like her team. And I guess Bob does her choreography and Ginger does her hair and makeup. And makes her outfits. And I I think we're supposed to believe that they're married, but Bob is clearly a gay man. <laughs> and, and Ginger is like, I don't know what Ginger is. <laughs> she's like, she reminded me of like, like 80s dance video, like mom. Like that's yeah. the energy. Yeah. And they give like dance mom kind of vibes. Yeah. And but in like the quirky, like fun, like jazz hands, yeah, <laughs> over yeah. the top kind Bob of way. Was, Bob was very much like the older gay man who wears a sequined suit to the gay bar. Like he has that like sophisticated energy. But yeah. I loved him, and like he's like I, he goes to see a Broadway show every weekend. Like <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah. loved them dearly. They were such quirky characters in this. They were so fun. (laughs) Yeah. I also want to talk about Caitlin's determination, which I think is very like, like it's like a pinnacle of her personality. Yeah. And and I'll talk about this more in the negatives. Like I wasn't the biggest fan of Caitlin as a character, but I think her determination and especially like, once she starts hockey and she's obviously not doing great, she really like puts in the time and effort mm-hmm. to become better. Becoming the best player on the team is a far stretch. Yeah. But, but she tried and I liked seeing that because it's like you can tell that she has this determination and like power in her that like she can will herself yeah. to do what she needs no. to do. I'll say I agree with you after the montage because like a whole plot point is that Caitlyn is a quitter. (laughs) Right. No. And I, I get that, (laughs) but, but there's that moment where like, she's alone on the ice, like practicing drills for hockey. And it's like, she doesn't need to do that because hockey is not what she's supposed to be good at. Like she's supposed to be working on figure skating, but she's doing it. And it's like a part of her character development, I guess. But seeing those moments, I'm like, I like seeing like a young girl who's so determined. And especially in like sports movies where it's like, 
you're competitive too. Like she is competitive. They, yeah. that's blatant in the beginning, uh, especially with figure skating and seeing that like bleed over into hockey. I just thought it was like a nice personality trait of hers. Yeah. Absolutely. I wish they would have done more with it, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a moment I loved. <laughs> Robot versus Zamboni. Hilarious. I, yeah, I put dramatic Zamboni moment. Yes, please. <laughs> it was so funny. And then this is also like, they, they, they use this sound by, I think twice in the movie, but one of them was at, after the Zamboni killed the little brother's robot, which right. the little brother stalled the national skate competition by putting his robot that he built on the ice so that Caitlin could get there and compete. Yeah. I mean, they were just grown men and, like, I, I'm pretty sure there was just, like, a, a bunch of people, like, grown adults, running towards this not small robot. I mean, <laughs> if they wanted to, they could just, like, jump on top of it and, yeah. like, you know, and catch it. But no, Shoes they were struggling the so hard. <laughs> yeah. And it was and, like, very so funny. <laughs> after the Zamboni kills the robot, you hear this, like, very sad, kind of, like, somewhat out of key rendition of the funeral march <laughs> where it's it's like the dun 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 <laughs> it's so dramatic it's so funny <laughs> i was just like i that's a, that's like such a funny little like gag song to put in i enjoyed that a lot another moment like that which is like kind of a early 2000s guilty pleasure is the classic paint prank the paint that paint unlocked a memory that purple paint falling on her head the thing is like that i feel like is quintessential if they're pulling a prank in an early 2000s movie it's gonna be a paint prank like i mean somebody has to get messy Exactly. Like they're rigging up this paint bucket to fall on someone's head and it's going to happen. And (laughs) it was, it was one of those moments that I didn't realize that was so like ingrained in that time period. Cause like Mm -hmm. you don't see that anymore. Like that's not a thing, but that was a huge thing in the early two thousands. Bring it back. And (laughs) yeah, I love that. Bring back the paint prank, please. And then I have like one and a half more things because one of them's a transition. So this is something that I generally love though. The soundtrack in this movie hits so hard. <laughs> it, Bowling for Soup? Yeah. Are you kidding? There's a Brie Larson song on here. There's a Raven Simone song on here. And then I don't know who sings this song, but the one is that was like, I want everything. Like that song, that was lit. I agree. I there were moments where I caught like certain songs. I was like, "Hold on!" It was so good. <laughs> I was like, "This is good," and I was not expecting <laughs> the soundtrack to this movie to be what it is. <laughs> this might be the best soundtrack we've seen. <laughs> the soundtrack hits so hard, and you know what's weird? We haven't done any singing movies yet. That's true. <laughs> That's why I am. I just realized that. Yeah, I am shocked that we haven't had one yet. I know, but like, so out of the movies we've seen, this has the best soundtrack. <laughs> honestly, yeah. And I was not expecting it to. I, I was honestly shocked at the soundtrack. When I heard Bowling for Soup, I stood up. 
<laughs> I was so excited. I love bowling for soup. <laughs> no, I definitely uh, shazammed a few songs during that. Oh movie. yeah, they're inspirational. Gonna add them to the playlist. <laughs> Do you have any more positives? I have one. And it's the scene between Caitlin and her mom talking about, like, Caitlin finding out that her mom was also a figure skater. Mm-hmm. And I really, like, I really loved her mom's moment yeah. in that scene. I thought it was, like, a very well-written, like, heartfelt moment. Because you finally get to see, like, she has this connection to where Caitlin is at at that point. And so she knows exactly how it feels. And mm. I love a heartwarming parent moment in a decom. I think they tend yeah. to do them pretty well. Yeah. And I feel like in the past couple movies, I have definitely pinpoint like, this is a great parent moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love them. Yeah. There was a joke that I cackled out loud at for like a minute. I've had to pause the movie. It tickled me to my <laughs> little core. <laughs> and it's where Caitlin is moving into her dorm and oh. she meets her roommate Hollywood and Hollywood introduces herself. Hollywood is also on the hockey team. We've established this. And she goes, Hollywood left wing. And Caitlin says, Caitlin Kingsford, moderate conservative. <laughs> <laughs> it caught me off guard it was so funny (laughs) i also did i i laughed pretty hard at that one i was like i was not expecting that to come out of a disney movie let alone like a 14 year old girl's mouth (laughs) it catches you so far off guard that it and it's a funny joke first of all it's a funny joke second it comes out of the blue and that makes it even better. Yeah. It was like, very funny. I I loved that they slipped a political joke into this movie. And then okay, my last love of this movie, which is also a flaw of this movie. This okay. movie is so dramatic. Yes. It is the drama of this movie is at a 10 throughout and like it just feels like the stakes are so big. And everybody is just so heightened. Even the mom at one point, who is one of the more grounded characters, like when she was talking to Bradley, she was like, she's using your hockey plays and they're winning. They've changed the team. (laughs) I don't know. It felt very dramatic to me. (laughs) But that's something that I genuinely loved so much is how dramatic it is. See, I like, I get it. It's a Disney movie. And there are points where I'm like, they're all just a little overdramatic. Now, this one, the acting was at a 12. And it was all very overacted. (laughs) Yes. And I did find out for a good few of these actors, this was their first role. So like, like first big roles. So it makes, it's understandable. But yeah, the majority of the ensemble was pretty overacted and there were points where i was like okay you know like i can get past this because it's a decom and they're all kind of cheesy 
But then there in this movie, there were some points where I was like, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. This is so much. And yeah. that actually leads me into my very first dislike. Oh, let's hear it. And that is the opening of this movie. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> it is the cringiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so Caitlin is on the ice in her figure skating outfit. She skates up. It's everything said voiceover. So mm-hmm. she skates up and she's staring down the barrel of the camera. <laughs> she has jazz hands and the cheesiest, like uncomfortable smile. Her and smile was very uncomfy. I and she they got so close to the camera. Like she skated so close to the camera. And it's all like with voiceover. And I genuinely was going to just like not watch the rest of the movie after that. Like I was like, I hate this. I had to pause it and I was like, no. no. And I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the first thing you hear is like, hi, I'm Caitlin Kingsford. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, no, really the bad. Voiceover inner monologue is the most cringy thing and i hate how it continues throughout the movie sometimes <laughs> but also like i think that it is just the most lazy way to do exposition because it's like let's get all this exposition in 30 seconds like yeah. it just it starts so quick and it's like this is everything you need to know and it was just it was so cringe i also think for me the voiceover added to the pretentiousness yeah of her character and i was like i feel like we didn't have this or if it was like narrated by someone else like not her it would make it a little better but still it was just like the opening just overall was a no-go for me you never want it to feel like your main character has main character syndrome yeah (laughs) (laughs) It, it was the energy of like she knew she was the main character, but not in a good way. Like it was no. like, <laughs> it was not like, oh, okay. You know, she's like, caught it. no, it was, you don't no. want her. <laughs> you don't want it. No, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Kayla's kind of a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. Her personality throughout the movie was grating. To me. It was, it was. It this was is, And we're talking about the, the character on the page, not this yes. child actor. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. The way she was written, woof. Yeah. It it didn't it didn't give this like first time actor any help. It just no. was honestly detrimental. You know what's crazy to me is that it felt like it the women in this movie felt like they were written by a man, but one of the writers is a woman. So I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Where is the disconnect here? <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean, I didn't think that much into it. I was just kind of like, mm, not a fan of this script. But it just, it felt like it was like, it was written by like some guy who has teenage daughters and he doesn't know how to talk to them. And this is like what he imagines they sound like in his head. <laughs> that especially for Caitlin. Yeah, the, uh, for Caitlyn, I'm talking about. Like, I think like some of the yeah. the hockey girls were wooden pretty well, but like for yeah. Caitlyn, that's what I that's the vibe I get. Yeah, they like it was stereotypical teenage or like preteen girl, and then times that to by ten. Yeah, that's how Caitlyn was written, mm-hmm. in my opinion. 
Yeah, and then it was just like the script, and then on top of some of the overacting, it was just like yeah. a lot. Honest to God, they should have let Ronnie beat her up. I don't know <laughs> why they stopped her. They should have let her go. <laughs> Honestly, like, yeah, why that would actually happen though? Like that girl would beat the shit out of her. Just like, especially because she like she let her down. Like I was I was yeah. rooting for Ronnie. I was like beat her ass. <laughs> 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 I was Honestly. like, get her. You're big. I mean, you can hurt her real big. You could hurt yeah, her real bad. Ronnie could have ruined her. <laughs> like, absolutely. Ronnie, her. Ronnie, a powerful woman. She could she could beat up anyone I know. <laughs> yeah. I loved her energy. Let's be honest. I um, do have to bring up this scene that made me physically uncomfortable. It was a short little moment right before the start of a hockey game where each team, there were a few players Ah. on all fours on the ice and they were growling at each other. And And barking and barking and barking at each other. Is that, and I was so uncomfortable. I was like, please tell me this isn't true. Like this doesn't happen. They were on all fours on the ice growling and barking at each other you know what they weren't on all fours they were in cobra position like from yoga (laughs) which is worse (laughs) which i hate even more but it was a short little like 30 second clip and i don't know but i hate it (laughs) <laughs> like even if it's a real life thing i don't like it it felt so weird situations that made us uncomfortable i have two one is small. The romantic tension between the hockey coach and the Russian skate co- coach, gross. I didn't like Agreed. that. <laughs> didn't yeah. like that he was like, I will give this girl a scholarship, even though she doesn't deserve it, if you go to dinner with me. And then the Russian coach was like, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> No, and the thing is, like, what makes it even worse is, like, there was no follow through on that storyline. <laughs> at all so it was just like this really creepy moment yeah and like she looked like she was like gonna jump his bones in the office i was like get out yeah i (laughs) did not like that and then another moment where there was some tension that made me uncomfy was when (laughs) caitlin is practicing hockey by herself and spencer the boy which i will talk more about spencer the boy Later, Spencer, the boy who is I, one of the assistant coaches for the girls hockey team, he comes in and he is like, he hates her like viscerally. He hates Caitlin so much. And he comes in and he's like, oh, I'll help you out and whatever. And they like, it's kind of like, it's like enemies to lovers plot line. And they are like playing hockey. And there is just so much tension between these two. Like, I was uncomfortable because like Caitlin's a child and I didn't like it. But also like apparently Spencer's supposed to be going to the school because you see him like yeah. walking around with a backpack. That but also how question. old is he? That was my question because I was like, who is this boy? Is he a student? Why is he a coach? Why isn't he like playing for the boys hockey team? Is there a boys hockey team? What's going on? What is this man? 
Who, Who is, is and Spencer? At a certain at a certain point, he's playing a guitar like he's in a band as well. And we don't address yeah. that. <laughs> That's true. You, she sees him through a window playing like a gig or something. And it's just so <laughs> out of character and out of touch to the entire story. And she just rolls her eyes and is like, ugh. Yeah, I then, like, don't. She scores a goal on him and he looks at her like... He looks at her like he just fell in love, which is the point of that scene. However, it's at like a 15. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's way too much. And the tension was just very uncomfy. Didn't like it. Yeah, agreed. Hated that as well. I Small thing, Caitlin's fake crying. They couldn't have helped her out. That was tragic. <laughs> it was. But also it how was... funny was it that everybody in her life knew she was gonna quit (laughs) (laughs) i know they were calling it they were making bets on caitlin yeah and her mom even was like her mom said to her face i thought that you would have at least called before you quit so that she would have time to move her bed back into her room yeah i they were so like the least supportive (laughs) even bob and ginger were like i knew you'd come home sweetie Thank God. Even Bob and Ginger. Yeah. I I also want to bring up just like these random references or just like kind of like throwaway stuff. Like they like they made a joke about like Putin at one point and I was like I thought the Putin joke was pretty funny. I was like, okay. It was it was that it felt very random and out of place in well, a decom. Because the, the coach is Russian. I get it. I understand. But it just felt weird. And then also, I did not like how they tried to throw like the steroids thing in there. And they did it in just like the most like throwaway kind of like they didn't actually want to bring it up. as. Because we haven't even talked about this character yet. That's how many characters are in this freaking movie. That's true. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember her name. (laughs) Shelby. Shelby Singer. Shelby. Shelby Singer. Okay. So Shelby is supposedly this like very well-known figure skater and everyone thought she retired and she was very offended because she didn't. She's only 17. Can Can I add something really quick? Yes. I remember Shelby's character like watching it. And when she said she was 17, I, my jaw dropped because in my brain, she was like 30. (laughs) And I know that doesn't make sense because they're at a high school that's a boarding school. But when she said 17, I was like, like she came on screen and I was like, ah, yes, this is the 30 year old skater. <laughs> and just skates with them. And then she said her age, and I was like, what? And also, like, the the girl they have playing Shelby, she doesn't look 30, but she does not look 17. Agreed. And she definitely was significantly older than the other girls around her. And like with um, her energy too. Like she just felt like she was mid-20s. Yeah, but she is diabetic. And she goes into the bathroom. She has this kind of like emotional breakdown. She runs into the bathroom and Caitlin runs in after her and is trying to talk to her. And she sees like a needle fall on the floor. And Caitlin has this moment where she's like, oh no, like 
don't do that. Like steroids are bad. Like, oh no. And she was like, like Shelby comes out and she's like, I'm diabetic. (laughs) 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 And I was just like, what? (laughs) Why? What are they trying to do here? And then they don't speak about it ever again. And nope, they do because she invited her to go get frozen yogurt. And then she said, sugar free. (laughs) I mean, that's a part of the same scene. (laughs) That's true. Like, but it's like, why did you have to bring like the steroids into this when it's not, that doesn't need to be a thing. It was like Disney trying to make a point. Yeah. But it didn't. I, I wish Shelby had a bigger role. Me too. I just don't know how within the way they wrote it correctly. Yeah, no, I agree as well. I don't know how, but I wanted to have more of her. I feel like we were robbed a little bit. I think she could be really good to give some like wisdom to yeah. Caitlyn. And they tried to do that a little bit, but it just didn't it work actually out. Felt more like Caitlyn was giving her wisdom. Yeah, and I, I was not a fan. I feel like that was a big thing with Caitlyn's character, how they wrote her, was like, she was fixing everybody else and or like she was giving out all the advice and it's like isn't she the one who's supposed to be figuring out how to navigate all this like why is she giving out all of yeah because it was and fixing everyone it was like caitlin was just like entirely inept for the first half of the movie and then she came she tried to quit and then she went back we had a montage with that really fun song i want everything And then suddenly, like, Caitlin was fixing every problem anyone has ever had. Like, she stopped getting D's in math. She, like, turned the whole hockey team around. And now she's giving advice to Shelby, who has gone to the Olympic trials. Yeah. It just, it felt so backwards. And I wish we could have gotten more from Shelby because she's apparently, like, been through everything that Caitlin wants to go through. So it's like, Mm -hmm. that was a perfect character to have to help Caitlin navigate this whole situation, but they did not utilize her. Well, I feel like they kind of used Christy Yamaguchi as that part, but they could probably only afford her for that one scene. So (laughs) honestly, I was shook when she came on screen. I was like, they did not. Like they got and then they just like they acted like it was so casual. Like of course Christy Yamaguchi would come down to this ice sports boarding school at 9:30 at night. Yeah, to help these young girls. Like it's just like I don't understand how Disney got that to work. No. Can I say what I think is the funniest thing in this movie that is bad? It's so bad that it makes me <laughs> giggle. Yeah. The body double. Oh the body God. double for Caitlin skating. Because as we know, this is a child actor. This is not an actual ice skating prodigy. So they had a body double to do like the really difficult skating tricks. Like you see the actual actress skating regular, but like they had a body double do all the tricks. And it was just like, As a kid, I don't think I would have noticed. But as an adult, clearly somebody else. And how often they use the body double, you can tell every single time when that body double is in. Like, it's very clear. It's always in a wide shot, which, like, you know, that's how you have to do it. But, like, you could see it's not the same girl, (laughs) very obviously. And the thing that made me laugh the most 
is in Caitlin's final like big skating scene at the very end of the movie that like has her win her Olympics slot, how they cut. So that whole scene is like, I would say 95% body double doing tricks and ice dancing and 5% close up on Caitlin smiling, very uncomfortable with jazz hands. (laughs) It's yes. like her body is just so awkward compared to this body double. And it made me laugh a lot. Yeah, it was really like the way they cut it just made it even worse. Just that's it was the cuts that were so funny yeah. to me. And and you're so correct in how awkward her body was compared to the body double because every time it cut to her, you were just like, there's no way. That she looked that graceful and then she's standing here like that. (laughs) It just, there's absolutely no way. And speaking of like shots, like this, I was like, why are you doing this? The close up mouth shots, I think they did like two or three of them in the most unnecessary time. (laughs) Never were they necessary ever. But I was just like, that is so unflattering and unless you are going to use it in a very like purposeful or like funny way yeah why and i d- i think they used it for caitlin and the coach yeah and it was just yeah. weird to me i was not yeah, a fan yeah i do remember the coach shots. that was really weird yeah it just felt wrong <laughs> like it didn't um, flow speaking of like cringy things that caitlin says and does this there was a line just caitlin says a lot of lines in this movie that i'm just like oh my goodness but also yeah. like you're 14 i said the cringiest stuff at 14 so i'm not gonna put that as a guilt it did feel accurate <laughs> however <laughs> there is a line in this movie that oh my gosh i'll just say it so caitlin is on the ice at the hockey in one of the hockey games and she like like pushes a girl on a different team and the girl looks at her and was like do you want a piece of me and caitlin says no honey i want the whole thing the chokehold that that line of dialogue had on my second grade class was (laughs) nuts every single girl on the playground in second grade at bible center elementary was saying no honey i want the whole thing (laughs) like that was the line of the year and i remember that viscerally and i didn't know it was from this movie and that was a lot for me to handle i as you say this and also when i saw it for me i was like this feels like what any queer like a queer woman's line to like flirt at a bar (laughs) like i like i feel like that would work and like i i was just like i feel like this is a really big lesbian pickup line here um (laughs) and i it felt very uncomfortable watching it come out of a 14 year old's mouth but i was like this is interesting (laughs) that is not how i was supposed to feel Um, let me take notes Um, (laughs) um, but (laughs) another thing this was just something that was like nah pamela we haven't talked about pamela this is another one there are so many characters in this movie the entire movie i thought that 
that was Liz Gillies, pl- who plays Jade on Victorious. Yes, there was a moment I also thought that was her. She skated into the frame and I was like, oh wow, Jade from Victorious is in this. And the whole movie, I thought that it was Jade from Victorious. And then at the end, I looked for her name and it wasn't there. Lo and behold, it is not Jade from Victorious, but a, a girl that looks quite literally exactly like her. No, here's the thing. I thought that too. I was like, is that a young Liz Gillies? I was like, wow. And then I saw her and I was like, that's not Liz Gillies, but I had seen her from something. And once again, the Russian coach and her, I was sitting there and I was like, where have I seen them? Now her, I figured out she's in 13 going on 30. And I think she's like the bully in that as well. Or like, I'm- I'm sorry, are you telling me that Liz Gillies is not- in 13 going on 30? <laughs> no, that is this actress. <laughs> um, I feel so bad for this actress because I know I have seen her in a lot of things and I have just assumed that it's Liz Gillies. <laughs> I have erased all of her accomplishments and given them to Liz Gillies. <laughs> they look so similar and it's shocking. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, my last thing that I did not like. Okay. It's the scene when Caitlyn gets covered in paint and she go. She finally gets out of the locked closet, which she, apparently she was in there for like 45 minutes. That's traumatic um, to be just covered in purple paint and locked in a closet and not know if someone's going to come save you. So she go. Caitlyn goes to the skate rink because she's, Uh, The reason that she got locked in this closet is because Liz Gillies has, is jealous that she's getting like one-on-one coaching time with the Russian coach. And so Liz Gillies like gets her to go into this closet and then locks it. And then she gets paint on her. And then Liz Gillies goes to the. Not Liz Gillies. (laughs) And then not Liz Gillies. not actually Liz Gillies. And then not Liz Gillies goes to <laughs> the the ice rink and like takes her time. And it was like, that's when Christy Yamaguchi was there. So she got the lesson with Christy Yamaguchi instead of Caitlin. Caitlin shows up 45 minutes late and not Liz Gillies is like skating on the ice, giving her like little looks. And the coach, the Russian coach is like, you clearly don't care enough about this because you were late to practice. As Caitlin is standing there, literally covered in purple paint, clearly she was sabotaged. Like, I don't, like what, this coach just like, I that didn't seem believable to me that she can look at Caitlin looking a hot mess and be like, you, you've lost your discipline. <laughs> like, She's clearly been sabotaged. You're a teacher. You need to intervene here. I also was wondering why the first thing out of her mouth wasn't, what happened? <laughs> Just yeah. like, and like why let are you looking like, like this? She sabotaged me and then handle it because you're a teacher at the school. Like, I don't understand that. I know that like figure skating can be pretty cutthroat and like I have a friend who's in a ballet company and apparently like the girls are vicious and the dance teachers like support it. Like if if one of the older girls doesn't like one of the newer girls, they'll teach them the wrong dance on purpose so they'll get cut from the number. 
what the hell? Yeah. It's nuts. So maybe that's, maybe it's more accurate. This scene is more accurate than I thought. And the teachers just like aren't, <laughs> don't care. But it just oh felt God. like unbelievable to me. Also, like, did she just think like, oh, Caitlin's just playing in some paint. And so she decided <laughs> to skip out on her lesson. Like, it was just, she was obviously covered, like, looked like someone had dumped paint on her because that's what happened. Like, it wasn't just like she had paint on her face or like on her hands or something. It was everywhere. Like there was no way. And she noticed it because she makes a backhanded comment about it. And it, cause she was like, you need to take that up with your hairdresser. And I was like, this girl needs help. She's 14. You're an adult. You're her mentor. Yeah. It was was wild. nuts. Nuts. So that leads us in to fashion notes. Yes. Which I do admit, I don't have many of. I don't either. The fashion didn't really stick out to me. And I realized why. It's because everyone in this movie dressed exactly like all of the girls in my middle school, including me. And it just (laughs) felt normal to me. (laughs) It was just very 2005. Like, it was just yeah. very typical, nothing crazy, nothing really stood out. It was just Yeah, it was things clothes. that I'm like, I would not wear that now, but it's not things like in Read and Weep where I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah, yeah, agreed. A lot like, happened I didn't... from 2005 to 2006. <laughs> yeah, for Disney, it did. But I just think it was, it was just like normal, like typical clothing and- yeah. It I liked all the something... bandanas that the hockey girls wore. Yeah, those were I'm cute. I'm a fan of a bandana. I also, my one fashion note, which is not really fashion, but Ronnie's like clip-in blue streaks were everything. They when really I was were. that age, that that is all I wanted. That is, yeah, no, you're correct. Speaking and of she Ronnie. she looked great. Speaking of Ronnie, I had a thing that I wanted to change about this movie. And I wanted to get your opinion. Okay. I didn't like the love story with Caitlin and Spencer. I would have rather had it like Caitlin came in and there's this cute boy who's like the assistant coach and she tries to flirt with him and he's actually dating Ronnie. Oh, that could be interesting. My my mindset when you were speaking this just now was that you were going to say, I wish Caitlin was dating Ronnie. And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hell yeah, let's do that. No, if I anyone mean, who would date Hollywood. I mean, that that would be cute too. I just feel like they have better vibes. I would be mad at that. No, I wanted, I wanted... Yeah, you're right. But it could be the enemies to lovers trope. It could. But I wanted Ronnie to have the cute boyfriend because, I don't know, I feel like people look down on like the, the tough girl, you know? And I would yeah. have loved to have had this story where like, this tough girl has this cute boyfriend and she's still, she doesn't have to change anything about her. Like she can be the tough girl who doesn't like yeah. girly things, but she still has this healthy relationship. And I would have liked yeah. that. And it could have been interesting too, where like, like if he helped Caitlin out and you know, it could cause some drama. I don't know, but there's too many plot points in this. So that might not work, but I wish Spencer was dating Ronnie instead. I think that would be cute. 
I also think I just want some queer relationships in Disney. I know that won't yeah. happen, which is incredibly unfortunate, but hey, there are some characters. Closer. We're getting closer because Amy's dad's. Yeah. That's true. Maybe, <laughs> maybe next time it's... they'll get on screen. <laughs> right. Lovely. <laughs> Thanks, Disney. They'll get on screen. <laughs> I mean, there. Let's be real. There are so many Disney characters that you're like, they they're just a little, a little queer in some aspect. We're what? looking at you, Ryan from High School Musical. We're looking at you, Elsa. Um, <laughs> I genuinely believe Elsa's. You queer, know, but that's fine. The Disney Channel original movie Frozen. Oh, I was just thinking of Disney. I was thinking Disney in general. They need uh. to do better. But I. That's all I want. There are so many characters that are written that you can mm-hmm. tell have that well, like it's, undertone. It's because there are a lot of queer writers and directors. And so like they know how to write characters that, you know, they would like them to be. And so they write them a certain way, but the network doesn't like let you go all the way with it. Because I think that was like a big conversation with Kenny Ortega, who is a gay man, and Lucas Gra- Graviel who played Ryan, where he was like, clearly this boy is gay, right? And Kenny was like, yes, but we, like, they won't let us say it. It's like 2006 or whatever. And they kind of played around with it. It was like, it's this boy in high school who is like coming to terms with his sexuality, but he's just very much who he is. And nobody bullies him for being who he is. I know, but just let them be them. Like, why do we have to hide it? I get it. I know. Let the gays be gay. (laughs) Yeah, please. Let them be happy. Let them be gay. (laughs) I just, there are so many opportunities and so many already written. (laughs) One day. Do you want to know some fun facts? I absolutely would. This movie was nominated in the Young Artist Awards for Best TV Movie. So, Sabrina, suck it. <laughs> this is, movie is good. Got me there. <laughs> I am such a hypocrite. I started this podcast saying that this movie was awful. And it still is, but I just wanted to make a point. <laughs> be mean to me. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just wanted to be mean to you for a second because I love you. Jordan Danger, the girl who plays Caitlin learned to skate and was trained by an Olympic skating choreographer, Sarah Kawahara. So just to do like the few skating things that she could. Well, she did like some little turns probably. I don't know. But good for her. I mean, that's cool. It's like one of her first roles and she gets to learn how to ice skate from a Olympic choreographer. Yeah, get paid to do it. That's the fun. That's the most fun part about that. One of the stunt skaters, Stephanie Rosenthal, actually went on to the nationals and placed eighth. Whoa, that's cool. Good for her. And this fun fact is uh, not very fun. I'm going to throw it back to Under Wraps 2021. It's not a fun fact. It's a sad statistic. Disney planned for this movie to be hugely successful. Like, they... (laughs) Stop laughing. Stop it right now. (laughs) Disney planned for this movie to be hugely successful. 
That's why the soundtrack is such a banger because they released an actual soundtrack for it, anticipating it to be huge. It also had a planned DVD release. Like they thought that this was going to be the next Cheetah Girls or, you know, or Halloween Town, one of those. Like, I think they were probably going to franchise it. And then it did not live up to expectations. And I don't think it ended up getting its DVD release. I don't know about that. But yeah, yikes. that is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, we got a banger of a soundtrack, though. So that's cool. Yes, we did. The best soundtrack. But yeah, so after this not, after them not being able to franchise this, I just, I kind of wonder like where these actors went from here. Well, I maybe can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it was hard to find some of the stuff on these actors. So Jordan Danger who is credited as Jordan Hinson in this movie, who played Caitlin. It was actually, Go Figure was her debut into all of like the TV and film scene at age 14. So this was her first, I mean, she, she did like a short film or something, but as of like credited, like known work, this was her first film. And she went on to do a handful of films, including a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas Bunker and Breaking and Exiting. She is Hmm. also known for her role as Zoe Carter on the sci-fi series Eureka, which she was on from 2006 to 2012. And I think from what I remember, her most recent movie was in like 2018. And I couldn't really find much else about what she's doing or she's still acting or she's gone on to do anything Hmm. else. What if we see her at the Olympics next year? That would be such a plot twist. (laughs) She's just been like training since 2018 to be an Olympic figure skater. So that's really all I could find on her, unfortunately. And the next one is also kind of short, but it's Jacob Bell, who played Spencer, which we talked a little bit about, but he's done some pretty decent stuff. So His first credited role was Spencer in Go Figure. So they both had their starts in these movies. That feels right. Yeah. And I found for most of the actors, this was their first film. And he went on to play roles in the hit CW series, Supernatural. Wow. Yeah. And he also did the, he was also in the film adaptation of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, as well as its sequel. And... Who was he in Percy Jackson? Um, I didn't write that down. Let me look it up. (laughs) Oh, that just says Percy Jackson. Hold on. That ain't it. He did not play Percy Jackson. I can tell you that. (laughs) Uh, He played Luke. That's all it says. And he was also in the 2021 movie Malignant. So he is still acting, still doing stuff. I remember kind of like having a crush on him when I was a kid. Yeah. And a fun extra little thing. He was also the audiobook narrator for Stephanie Meyer's Midnight Sun. Shut up. <laughs> Shut your mouth. What? Yep. <laughs> he did the audiobook for it. Okay. Isn't that, it's so <laughs> random. I was like, huh. <laughs> okay, this is fun. Okay, so let's uh, let's wrap up our thoughts here. 
and try to figure out where to put this on the ranking. I'm going to be honest. I didn't look at the ranking to see where I wanted to put this. Lovely. So, but I feel like I have a good, I have a good feeling of where to go. You want to wrap up your feelings first? Yeah. I, I said it throughout. I'm going to say it again. This movie is 100% a guilty pleasure for me. I love it a lot. I recognize that it's not very good. It is far too dramatic. Everything is very heightened, which makes me laugh a lot. And it gives Christmas Prince energy. I think it's like, I'm, I'm going to add this to my guilty pleasure movie list for sure. And I know you disagree with me. So let's hear your side. I, uh, this movie was subpar for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, like, there were moments that made me, like, laugh. But overall, I probably wouldn't watch it again. I think it, it was more cringy than I remembered it to be. And because of the heightened acting and a lot of the writing I was I just couldn't get past it and I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm like "Mm, probably wouldn't watch it again it just it made me uncomfortable in the moment and I don't want to do that again (laughs) Um, but I think I I'll definitely be watching it again (laughs) I think there are some like good characters and I think there was good writing for certain characters and not others which is interesting It has its little moments and its little gems, but for me, I don't think it's worth watching it again. And it just wasn't my kind of movie. And I respect your opinion. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I respect and honor you. For the ranking, (laughs) I, I will not let my love of this movie overshadow the flaws. I would put this at number nine under Phantom of the Megaplex above under Raps 2021. Thank God, because that's exactly where I was going to put it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was our 10th episode. I thought I was going to have to fight you on that one. And I am very, yeah, I was like, oh no, she's going to love this one and I'm going to have to fight her on it. This was my pick. It it was. But I'm glad we agree. And it's crazy that we're at episode 10 already. I know. You know what's crazy, though, is like I put this at number nine, but I would watch it before I would rewatch Read It and Weep. I disagree. (laughs) And I said I wouldn't (laughs) watch Read It and Weep again. (laughs) But yes, sorry, sorry, we can go back. It's our 10th episode. That's nuts. (laughs) That is wild. We've been doing this for... A bit. <laughs> Ten weeks. Exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. I feel like we just recorded Halloween Town. I know. We probably should have done a better movie for our 10th episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we didn't know. No one's gonna no one's gonna listen to it. <laughs> I mean, maybe there are some people, you know, who love it like you do. Like it's a guilty pleasure. They have like really fun, like nostalgic memories about it. Who knows? I, that's very nice of you to say. I don't think anyone remembers this movie. <laughs> okay, I have to be honest with you. I really thought that it was a different lead actor. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, a famous, like, 
decom like like a k panna baker or you know yeah. i swore it was someone like that that was like known at disney and then when she like came on screen i was like who who is this <laughs> i loved that they didn't have any big actors in this movie i think the only person i recognized was the russian coach who i still don't know where i know her from and the little brother oh yeah and and, and not Liz Gillies. Right, and not um, Liz Gillies. But hers was like small. The little brother, I was like, yeah. oh, okay. But also, they probably did use all unknown actors because they thought this was going to be a hit. Yeah. They were like, we're going to launch some careers. <laughs> oh, that's so unfortunate. Um, but anyway, thank you all for listening. If you have listened this far, 10 episodes... You're a true homie. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you for listening to us That's ramble awesome. about movies. It gives us great yeah. pleasure and we hope it makes other people happy in some form. Yeah, absolutely. So please join us back next week when we will be watching the Kim Possible movie. I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know we said that we were trying to do like cold movies to get into Christmas season. But in my opinion, Kim Possible, act this episode is going to be a Christmas gift to our producer because we're finally going to let him talk. <laughs> and not yet. I can't talk yet. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, that's right. Our producer Josh is going to be our special guest for the Kim Possible episode. He asked specifically to do this movie. I said, are you sure? And he said, absolutely. So we're going to do it. So now you guys will get to hear his interjections and jokes that you miss out on because we edit it out or, you know, we don't record it. <laughs> um, yeah. So you'll finally get to hear it and hear his input. And I am <laughs> pumped to watch this movie again. Kim Possible was yeah. my girl. I dress up for her as like as her for Halloween so many times. Cause I And you kind of just dress like her in real life as well. That's true. <laughs> I love her. And so I'm very excited to watch this movie. Yeah. So <sighs> Megan, where can you find us online? Well, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod. And if you like us, please rate us five stars. It helps other people find our podcast. And we just want to have a bigger community. We want more people. We will, would love to hear from you. If you want to leave your favorite decom in a review or let us know what you like about the podcast, please do. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. We want fans. Yeah, we want fans. <laughs> <laughs> we would like popularity, please. <laughs> Most of you are just our friends. <laughs> Most of you are just Megan's friends. <laughs> Shut up. It's the truth. Um, Shut your mouth. You two are my closest friends. Um, other than Paige and Quinn. Shout out. Um, <laughs> also, your girlfriend. Hey, Ellie, if you listen to this, I highly doubt you are. But hey. <laughs> She listens to NPR. I doubt she listens to our podcast. Well, another perfect episode of Decom. 
We release new episodes every Sunday. So until next time, thanks for tuning in. I'm Megan. And I'm Sabrina. And you've been listening to D-Cup. The Disney Channel Unoriginal Podcast. Dun, 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 dun.